Hi friends, welcome to In the Midst podcast with Brooklyn, where you are invited to come into the midst of God right in the midst of your day. Whether you're walking around your neighborhood or cleaning up those toys on the floor for the 15th time or sitting in traffic on your way to or from work, I just want to welcome you into this space, into the midst of God. And to kick things off today, I just want to spend a minute or so taking a few deep breaths so you can begin to do that now. I'm not sure what weight you are carrying around with you today or what events or conversations you may be coming from, but I just want to encourage you to come and breathe and be fully present here in this space to lay down whatever burden you might be carrying and just be, at least for these next several minutes. So why don't you take a few deep breaths in and out now and begin to just focus your mind on God here with us in our midst. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, The Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord your God is in your midst. You know, I'm not sure how it started, this idea that the things in our days are barriers to God, that somehow God isn't or can't be found in doing dishes or driving to work or sitting on the couch after a long day. Or surely these are inferior ways of connecting with God. You know, they're not as good or as holy or as meaningful. Maybe you too have adopted this belief somewhere along the way that says God can only truly be connected with in that set-aside quiet time or at church or when our minds are solely focused on Him and our surroundings are calm and distraction-free. Sure, I would agree that it's easier to connect with God in those quiet, focused times, but I don't know that I would say it's the only way. And I might go so far as saying that I don't even know it's the best way to connect with God. I want to talk today a little bit about how we spend time with God, how we quiet time. And so first, I want to ask you, how do you quiet time? What does it look like for you to spend time with God? Do you have a regular set-aside time? How do you connect with Him? Take a few minutes and just think right now about the ways that you connect with God. My husband and I used to live in Northern California. One day early after we had moved there, we decided to check out a local spot that the people had raved about. It was a little coastal town called Big Sur. 
And I spent time early that week asking around about places to stop along the way, restaurants to try and photo opportunities. And I had our day totally mapped out and I was so excited. And when the weekend finally arrived, we jumped in the car and headed to our first stop. It was a local bakery serving homemade treats and delicious coffee, and it doubled as a photo op bonus because the grounds were covered in all of these really cool antiques. And then we made our way to the famous waterfall spilling out onto the sandy shores below. You've probably seen it in a postcard or floating around the internet somewhere. And after hiking down the trail for just a bit, my husband and I talked our way right into an unknown landmine. Has this ever happened to you before? You're just in a normal conversation, and then all of a sudden you start sensing that your pleasant, happy conversation has taken a left turn towards a disagreement. Well, this is exactly what happened. Our little talk erupted into a fight, and to spare you all the gory details, it basically resulted in silence and tension the rest of our day. To tell you the truth, I was so sad. I had been looking forward to this day for so long, and I couldn't help but feel that the day had been ruined. We eventually talked through our argument, and we made it home safe and sound, but I couldn't shake this incessant feeling that we missed out that somehow we missed the point of our day because of our fight. It felt as though our fight was the barrier to the good things that were in store for us that day. Sometimes when it comes to the things that fill up our days, work, changing diapers, commuting, getting groceries, folding laundry, cleaning the house, it can be easy to label these things as barriers to God, as the things that keep us from God. I've been guilty of this on a number of occasions. We think to ourselves, if I could just get more time void of things, more time with checked off to-do lists and quiet kids and a stress-free work calendar, well, then I wouldn't miss out on time with God. If my life was calmer, simpler, quieter, then my relationship with God surely would be deeper, stronger, more intimate. Maybe you, like me, have believed that the solution to connecting more intimately with God is to remove or lessen the things that fill up our days. And there might be some truth to that, but I want to pose a question. Because what if all of these things, the laundry, the commute, diapers, and gym, what if they aren't actually barriers to God, but instead gateways to God? After all, Jesus met the woman while she was collecting water from the well, her to-do list for the day. God revealed himself to Moses right in the middle of Moses' workday, while he was out tending to the sheep. As far as I can tell, and the more I study scripture, God seems to meet people right in the middle of the things that fill up their days, not in some space void of all the things. He's been meeting with his people for centuries right in the midst, in the midst of tasks and to-do lists and work days. There was a prophet who lived many years ago. Zephaniah was his name, and he was tasked with first urging the people of Judah to repent before it was too late, and then to share about God's coming judgment. Most of the book is pretty sad and depressing, to be honest with you. It's line after line of all the terrible things headed Judah's way because of the people's corruption. But then all of a sudden, in Zephaniah 3.9, near the very end of the book, something changes. 
Zephaniah switches gears and begins to speak of God's redemption. His words of warning turn to words of restoration. And then we get to this verse, Zephaniah 3.17, which says, The Lord your God is in your midst. It goes on to say, He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I read this verse a few years ago, and that beginning part, the Lord your God is in your midst, echoed in my mind for weeks. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Obviously, you know by now that this became the theme verse for this podcast, but I was so shocked by this verse because there is something so life-altering about the God of the universe being in our midst about the God who made the stars and built up the seas and handcrafted the mountains, that that same God is present with me day in and day out. And I realize that somehow, similar to the way it's so easy to skip right past that verse, I had skipped right past this reality for years, this reality that God is in my midst of every moment of every day. And what I love about this verse is that God's presence wasn't related at all to circumstances. Notice that it doesn't say, the Lord your God is in your midst when you close the door, light a candle, quiet your kids, and whip out your journal. Or the Lord your God is in your midst when you pray or go to church, or even given the context of this verse, it doesn't even say the Lord your God is in your midst when he's pleased with you and you've done everything right. No, it's really pretty simple. It says the Lord your God is in your midst, period. Meaning he was right there, meaning he is right here, right now, right in the middle of whatever it is we find ourselves doing, the Lord is in our midst. But we've ruled him out of being in our midst in a lot of the moments of our days, haven't we? We tend to think that the Lord is in our midst only when we bow our heads to pray or meet him in some quiet space. And because of this, we're actually missing out on a lot of his presence. There's a quote from a man named Paul Tripp that says this, if God doesn't rule your mundane, then he doesn't rule you because that's where you live. And it's true. It's this idea that we limit God's presence with us to these select few activities that we engage in, these activities that we think are holier, and they really probably take up less than 10% of our lives. And so we spend about 90% of our lives doing all of the mundane stuff like folding clothes and commuting to work and going to our jobs and caring for our kids and changing diapers. And in all of this other time, we're missing out on the presence of God. So all of this begs the question, doesn't it? What if we've been looking at our time with God all wrong? What if all of the things that fill up our days aren't actually causing us to miss God and aren't actually barriers to connecting with God, but rather invitations for us to experience God more abundantly, more consistently, right there in the midst of whatever it is that's filling up our days? I want you to take a minute or two and just reflect on this. Have you limited God's presence to a set-aside quiet time? What sort of things have you labeled as barriers keeping you from God? Is it chores, children, laundry, errands, to-do lists? Spend some time and just name some of those barriers now.
I also want you to take some time now and just reflect. Does it feel a little foreign to you to acknowledge that God can be found while doing some of these mundane things like driving to work or doing the dishes? Take some time and just think about that. There was a man who lived several years ago. His name was Brother Lawrence. At 26 years old, he joined a monastery and he lived there for about 50 years. And he suffered a limp from a war wound and he served as a cook and a dishwasher for the monastery. And eventually when his disability prevented him from cooking and cleaning, he transitioned to becoming the monastery's sandal maker. But what made this man so unique was that he understood this life-altering truth that God is in our midst. You see, he actually believed Zephaniah's words that said, God is in your midst. During the decades of his seemingly mundane and menial work, Brother Lawrence learned that experiencing God could and should happen everywhere. He learned to connect with God continuously, not only in church or personal devotions, but also as he worked on sandals, ran errands, or listened to people. He once said this, men invent means and methods of coming at God's love. They learn rules and set up devices to remind them of that love. And it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into the consciousness of God's presence. Yet, it might be so simple. Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of him? Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of him? Brother Lawrence was a man who was just as busy as you and I. He had a job, things to do, relationships to uphold, family members to serve. And yet he understood the holiness available to him right in the midst of the common busyness of his life. When it wasn't possible to retreat to a physical place of quiet and calm, he would retreat to a place in his heart, making every moment of his day, dishwashing, cooking, sandal making, whatever it was, one of great importance and an opportunity to experience doing the task together with God. Instead of seeing his daily moments as barriers to God, He recognized them as the gateway to God, the purpose and means of connecting with God. You see, he didn't limit God to a time and space. He believed God was always in his midst. And by believing this, he was able to engage with God more frequently. In other words, Brother Lawrence got more of God. And friends, isn't that what we're all trying to do here? Aren't we all just wanting more of God? 
You know, when I look back at that day in Big Sur, when my husband and I got into that fight, I can now recognize that the argument wasn't in fact the barrier. It was a gateway because that argument drew us closer to one another. It was a topic that we needed to talk through and work through. And because of it, our marriage grew stronger. The argument didn't cause us to miss the point. It was the point of our day. And similarly so, the things that fill up our days don't have to be barriers to God. They can, in fact, be gateways to Him. We just have to be willing to look at things a little differently, to remind ourselves of Zephaniah's words that tell us God is here in our midst. I want to encourage you to take some time right now and just acknowledge God here in your midst. Reflect on Him. Say hi to Him. Look for Him. And if you don't feel Him or sense Him or see Him, Ask Him to help you see Him. Ask Him to help you become aware of His presence in your midst. Brother Lawrence developed a simple way of acknowledging and connecting with God in his midst, and he called this practicing the presence of God. And I love this because this is something we practice. The presence of God and experiencing the presence of God is something we practice. For most of us, we have it so ingrained in our heads that God is found in just one specific way or place. And so it will probably feel uncomfortable and different for us to begin this practice to try and see him in our are unlikely, mundane, and unglamorous moments of our day. So this week, I want to encourage you to practice coming into the midst of God. And what I want you to do right now is just take some time and decide one task or one thing. Don't get too carried away here. Just one task or one thing that you want to be intentional about practicing the presence of God in. So it could be laundry or going to the bathroom or driving to work or exercising at the gym. Choose one of these things. Choose one thing that's consistent in your life. And then I want you to ask the Holy Spirit for help this coming week to help you engage with God right in the middle of that one thing. So take some time now and name the thing that you want to practice the presence of God in, and then just ask the Holy Spirit right now for help.
The Lord your God is in your midst. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing.